You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Follow us in our study of God's Word. Good morning. As the worship team leader said earlier, without the East and uh, Hins family, <laughs> well, we uh, pray for them that they have a safe and joyful trip. And also we pray that today we will all be filled with the Holy Spirit. May God's word speak into us um, and uh, we understand what's God's calling and the purpose to be here. Our conversion to Christ is not at the end, it is the beginning. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to, to, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's new creation, and God continues to work in us and to make us for his purpose and glory. His ultimate goal is to make us like Christ in order to carry out good works and glorify God. I think this is the, ultimately, this is our purpose to be here. This is the purpose of our life as a Christian. Philippians chapter two, verse 13 says, uh, from the New Living Bible, in the New Living Translation, which is very simple to understand. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Today, we are celebrating, celebrating the successes of the ESL ministries. We want to recognize all of you, those who have participated in this ministry, thank you. Thank you for all the hard work and your time and efforts in the last six months. In addition, we should also give thanks and the praises to God. It is God who works in us and gives us the desire and the power to do the good works for his glory. Amen? Amen. Well, today we are going to study Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. In these eight verses, we're going to see how God worked in Nehemiah and gave him the desire and the power to fulfill God's promises to deliver the exiled uh, Israelites back to Jerusalem. From the passage, we may also experience how God is working in us with his grace and the power to accomplish what God is calling us to do going forward. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 says, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of the king, after exorcists, when one was brought from him, I took the one and gave it to, to the king. I had, I had not been sad in his presence 
before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its graves and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The first verse basically says, it has been four months. It has been four months, in the month of Nisan. It has been four months since Nehemiah began his prayer to rebuild the city wall of Jerusalem. This was uh, mentioned in the chapter one. And the king noticed, noticed Nehemiah's sadness. We know, we know that Nehemiah, that time, his, his job is to serve king and queen. Basically served the, the king's family, all the meals. And just imagine you were the king and the servants has all the sadness on his face. What would you think? What would you guess? So the king noticed Nehemiah's sadness that he had kept to himself for a while. And it can be hidden no more. So Nehemiah was afraid that the king could, could have fired him or killed him easily. He was afraid. He was scared. But he didn't, he didn't let the fear control him. He did not freeze or panic. He didn't turn around and run out of the court. Nehemiah didn't apologize and beg for forgiveness or mercy from the king. While he was afraid, he also knew that there was an opportunity there. This is the opportunity that he has been praying for. It was an opportunity that he has prayed for and waited for, so he took that chance. He took this precious chance very boldly. So he responded to King's question. First of all, he said, let the king live forever. Is that familiar to you? If you watch some of the movies, right? The old-fashioned, uh, middle, the, mid uh, the, the old, old-time movies. When the servants see the king, they will say, let the king live forever. Yes. First of all, he praised the king. And after telling the king the reasons for his sadness, the king asked Nehemiah for his request. Finally, his four months of prayer was paid off, was answered. So there's a principle for us, for God's people, that God works in God works in us through our tireless prayer. So the question is, why is patience, the tireless prayer, the, the patience so important to Nehemiah's prayer? So I don't know about your experience. When you start thinking about something, start expecting something to happen, you put those thing, that thing in prayer. How much do you, how much can you wait? You may be able to pray and your prayer may be able to last for a week, maybe a month. Have you experienced your, you keep praying for over three months for something that you are looking, you are kind of uh, very anxious for? Probably not. Most of us probably can pray one week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month. But he continually 
prayed for four months. So we have to ask a question. Why is the patience so important to our prayer? I think the answer I will give is because God, God is not just building a, not, he's not just asking Nehemiah to build a wall. God actually wants to build a person and from him ultimately build a nation for the Israelites. So for every one of us in God's, every one of us is God's masterpiece created in Jesus Christ to do good works, good works for God's glory. And sometimes patience is part of the cost we have to, we are willing to put in. You probably know that on the Chinese congregation, we have a weekly prayer meeting. We began the prayer for the Taiwanese immigrants since we saw the news that TSMC was going to build a plant here back in the summer of 2021. That's almost pretty much two years ago. As soon as we saw the news, we saw the Arizona Republics, we saw the, the news from the internet, which immediately put in the, our weekly prayer. Three months gone by, nothing happened. Six months have gone by, nothing has happened. I almost intended to remove that prayer from the prayer list. Because it seems that there's nothing, God's not doing anything. So maybe I have a doubt in my mind, maybe this is not something God wants us to do. And I have a question. I question myself whether we should continue to pray this because people are already tired of praying for this, which end of nothing, which resulted in nothing. 12 months later, so I have to be honest with you, we, so I kind of uh, taken off this prayer list, but later on I put it back on. I take it out a while and put it back on. So we've been praying for this off and on for about 12 months. Now I have to tell you this is not a good example, but this is pretty much most of what we would do, right? Because when we pray, we anxiously waiting for the results. We want to see God's work right away. But sometimes God asks us to, to wait, to wait patiently. On the other hand, God wants us to continue to pray tirelessly. 12 months later, which is 12 months ago, in August 2022, we had a joint prayer meeting. How many of you were in this meeting? I think we have more than just Virginia, right? <laughs> that day we had 70 people from both English and the Chinese congregation. I counted 70, including all the hymns and the ease. We have 70 people and that was a powerful meeting powerful prayer meeting. That meeting, in that meeting, God raised his servants. God launched all the outreach ministries. 
One of them is ESL ministry. It was a turning point where all the outreach ministries, one by one, just keep going. Today, as we look back a year ago, we said that prayer meeting was powerful. But we also have to say that 12 months before, when we started the prayer meeting, it also adds some value to, this, to the, the overall outcome. So think about this. Today, we're celebrating this, really, the glorious outcome. We have had over 100 people join our ESL classes on a weekly basis. And one time I heard that we have over 150. 150 out of 600 families that that company moved from Taiwan to here. That means we have reached over a quarter of the families. And imagine how powerful, how how effective is this ministry. And we're not stopping here. Going forward in August, we have the the third season. We're going to start, and I heard that there are a lot of people waiting for this already. The patience, the patience really pays off. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 12 says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. We don't want to be lazy, but we want to learn those who have been put put their faith and patience in accomplishing God's promises. A lazy lazy person says, I will trust in God. I don't need to do anything. A prideful person will say, well, I, I will make my own plan. I know what to do. I really don't need prayer. Have you heard about these sayings before? Well, all I need is all I need is to pray. Just pray. God will make some things happen. But the Bible verse says, let's don't be prideful or lazy. But be faithful and patient to allow God working us for what He has promised us. When you wait on the Lord in prayer, you are not wasting your time. In fact, you are investing it. God is preparing both you and the environment, the circumstances, so that his purposes will be accomplished through you. Nehemiah was in a position where he had to trust God, but he wasn't entirely passive. Yes, he trusted God. He was praying. He was fasting. In addition to all this, he also did something else. What did Nehemiah do during the four months of prayer? We know that he continued to pray and trust in God. But in addition, he started planning for the city rebuilt project that we will learn very soon in the following passages. So think about this. He prayed. He waited but he also researched. 
He's doing plenty. He may not be doing all the actual work, but he started looking into all the necessary elements, components, maybe people, maybe the resources, and also time, the time needed to accomplish the work. Let's see the following passage. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. The king said to me, what is your want? Then I prayed to God of the heaven, and I answered the king, if it is if it pleases the king, and if your servants have found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Ju Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take, and when, you, when will you get back? It pleased the king, to send me, so I set a time. I used to be a program manager or project manager at work for over 20 years. The three key elements for accomplishing a project, it's very simple. One, people. You need the people to do the work. Second, resources. You need the materials. You need the machines. You need the computers. So, so people. Uh, resources. What's the third element? Hmm? Oh, that's part of resources. Money. Uh, the third is what the king and the queen ask Nehemiah. How much time do you need? Right? Every project comes with the cost of people, resources, and schedule. Right? Time. So look at this passage. It basically telling you the project plan of Nehemiah's City rebuild plan. The king asked Nehemiah, what do you need? And then he asked him, how much time do you need? Let's continue. So Nehemiah continues to say said to the king. I also said to him, to the king, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asper, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make the beans for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. Okay, basically, Nehemiah presented the project plan, what he will need, all the resources. Right, in this case, it's finance. Right, he's not asking for money, but he asked for the resources. He asked the, uh, the, the, the royal army to guard him, to protect him. So in this case, we found it, that Nehemiah boldly asked for the king's permission for him to lead it expedition to build the city wall of Jerusalem. We know he had already prayed about it. Uh, he has prayed for four months. Just think about this. If he only prayed for four months and doing nothing, how would he know what he will ask for? How would he know that he will ask a letter from king so that the royal garden, royal the forest management team can provide all the timbers? 
How does he know that there, there will be danger on this journey? He, so he asked the king, send a letter to the uh, probably the, uh, the local govern, government to protect him on his journey. So he knows everything. He already reached out. I think he has done all the studies. And that time, there's no internet. He can't research. But he must have a people network, right? He knows it. He knows who to reach out. He knows who to ask. And he knows how much. He, in the previous section of the, this passage, he says, he set the time. In front of the king, can you just give a time? King says, how long do it take? You say, oh, I think maybe four months. Well, what would happen if you didn't finish in four months? You run away? Or you apologize? Neither one is a good solution. So he set the time. He knows this is a time frame he can finish confidently. So besides time, he asks for all the resources he can. So in this case, we found another principle. God works in us through our timely planning. Now, you probably have heard someone said, well, praise the Lord that we look at the, our great success of our ESL program. Look, we didn't, have a, we didn't have a master plan. I think you probably have heard that someone said this. Well, I agree and that I disagree. Yes, we didn't have a very detailed line-by-line -line project plan for what we're going to do. But we did have a strategy. Okay. A year ago, Pastor Stephen and I, I kind of discussed this with Pastor Stephen. God kind of touched on me and said that this is a, such a big harvest field. It's not something that our church can take on single-handedly. We need to have build a network. We need to build a big fishing net to catch all the fishes. How to do it? It's not adding people to our church. It is to connect to our adjacent churches. So we reach out to other Southern Baptist churches in the neighborhood. We connect to Valley Life. We talk to their senior pastor and his ministry teams. And we build a kind of a mutual understanding and mutual agreement. We're going to work on this together. And we let them go first, because we were not ready back then. They started this ESL program back in, I think, April, May timeframe last year. We didn't start until August, late August or September. All right, we told them, we, we provide you all the information, and you guys can go first. And that was the strategy. We had a strategy. And the strategy was clear. Network with the other churches and work together. Partnership. We're going to minister all, the, all these uh, immigrants through our partnership with other churches. So that's our plan. We had a plan. We have the very clear direction with strategy. So it's not that we don't have a master plan. We do. We have a, something better than a master plan. We have a clear strategy, and it is a godly strategy. And God used Valley Life Church first, and then we catch up. We caught up after that. 
and look where we are today. Look where we are today. And we're going to continue this path. But that's not it. I'm going to talk about this at the end. So, <clears throat> Nehemiah was able to quickly give a clear answer to all the king's questions because he prayed and he did all the studies he can. So what evidence shows that Nehemiah had been playing prior to the conversation with the king? You may ask the question, how do you know Nehemiah did all the researches, all the studies? First of all, he gave the commitment. I mentioned earlier, he gave the commitment to both king and queen, the duration of the project, when he will go and how long it will take for him to come back. And second, he asked for the king's letter, letter for a safe journey. He asked for king's sub supplies. Just imagine you were Nehemiah in that situation. If a king asks you, what do you need? What is the most likely your answer will be? You may say, well, I haven't thought about it yet. All right? Well, let me go back, do my research, and I'll come back to you. Have you heard that story before? Well, we heard that all the time at work. We ask our you know, team, well, how long will it take for you? Well, I'm not sure. Well, give me a couple of days to think about it. I'll come back to you. If you were the king, you heard about this excuse from Nehemiah, what would you do? You probably say, well, never mind. Forget it. But God's timing is the best. God's preparation is the best. God prepared Nehemiah during the four months of prayer. And I'm, I'm very positive that God has kind of inspired Nehemiah what he has to do. Imagine, think about this. He's not a civil engineer. He was just a servant in the royal family and serving king and queen for their meals. How would he know how to build a city wall? How would he know what materials are needed to build a city wall? How would he know the duration, the time the project will last? He, doesn't, he didn't know any of those. But the prayer, the prayer helped him. In his prayer to God, God, I'm sure God inspired him. God inspired him. So don't say that prayer doesn't work. Don't, and also for us, when we pray, we pray, not just pray, God, make this happen. Please make this happen. Please call people to do the work. We ask God to inspire me, inspire ourselves. What needs to be done? <clears throat> so as I said earlier, the advantage of Nehemiah's waiting time, his patience for four months, is that he gave himself time to think Time to plan, time to understand the need. Like me, Nehemiah, we must also prepare ahead 
of the, for the tasks God has planned for us. We must diligent. We must be very diligent doing God's work. I think for all the work that we have achieved, for all the great results that we have achieved, either through the the ESL programs or the tutorial, uh, the 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 tutoring program, or other ministries. I think we a lot of times we just did it in the last minute. I think today, from from now on, we need to do this more diligently. A very important point for all of us to see is that Nehemiah did not fall into the trap of doing something sinfully in order to speed up the process. Because when I say we need to do things, we need to pray, we need to do, a lot of times we think about, well, maybe we can shortcut this. Maybe we can, if we do something, we can make this happen sooner. That's another principle that we need to learn. We have to kind of uh, remind ourselves, don't shortcut God's plan. Since most of us hate to wait, I think it is our human uh, sinful nature. We don't like to wait. Waiting, sometimes we say it's just a waste of time. But in Nehemiah's case, we found the waiting. The waiting time is actually it's, it's an investment to make things happen for God's glory. So, what lesson do we learn from here? Think about this. What the simple things we tempted to do to speed up a process that might depart us from God. What are the sinful things we tended to do, tempted to do, that ended up departing us from God? Can you think of any? We show called the communication, right? A lot of times we show call the communications. I think that's the, the error that we often, the mistakes that we often make in the church. Because we already have a good plan. Now let's roll it out. Let's make it happen. Right? Yes, at the end of the day, we still made it happen. But oftentimes, we discourage others to participate. We discourage other, other people's participation to make it even greater. In the Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course. In our hearts, we plan our projects. But the Lord establishes their steps. The Lord our God directs our steps. The God makes things happen, basically. So let's keep this in mind. When we do our church ministries or any projects, going forward, we have so many things ahead of us, right? We have a YCMP project. We have, uh, in the August timeframe, uh, Chinese group, we want to do a kind of evangelical conference for the uh, Taiwanese immigrants. We have a lot of things ready to roll out. Let's don't shortcut the process. Let's be inclusive, 
not exclusive. Second, I'd like to remind ourselves, including myself, everyone and myself, don't ask the question, what can I do? Instead, ask the question, what needs to be done? What can I do versus what needs to be done? Why we, I'll say this, Let's understand what's needed before we actually doing something. What can I do? A lot of times we just impatiently start doing something. We want to have a quick result. We want to show our, you know, show our results. But God wants us to understand, to be patient. Be patient, understand the results, and do the right thing. Right things right. And this is what the need, this is the question that Nehemiah asked as well. After he realized that he needs to be, the things need to be done. And then he pursued it. And we can see that during the four months of a waiting time, God, God was obviously working in both Nehemiah and the king. So don't think that God only touched me, God only moved me to do something. Think about what God has, what other people God has touched and moved so we work together in concert for his glory. We like to be bold. Right? Oftentimes we hear that pastor said, we need to be bold. What does that mean to all of you? Boldness means, boldness means I want to do something myself, right? Be courageous, let's do it. And oftentimes, we fall in the trap of being selfishness. Because I want to be bold. That means I don't want to wait for others. But in this passage, it tells us God's people, that's wayful. God not only touches the Christians, but also the non-Christians as well. Maybe God will touch you, move you to do something and work. You should pray that God also moved your boss. And so you can work with him and he pleases what you do. At the end, for our results, Nehemiah chapter, eight, chapter two, the last verse. And because he, the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my results, my requests. Think about this, this is such a wonderful situation for many of us who are at work. The CEO granted your request. The CEO approved your project plan. You're happy. You're going to throw a, a celebration party. But my suggestion to you is also give all the praises to God. Give all the praises to, to God because the gracious hands of my God was on me. So, last one. 
Praise God, for He is good. For He is good. We see that Nehemiah thanks God for His abundant provisioning. Psalm, verse uh, chapter one hundred seven, verse one says, "Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love, His love endures forever." Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to God, for He is good. His love endures forever. Praising God is a means of showing your faith to God. The reason why we can praise God because we have faith in God. We believe in God. We know God can do the things that beyond us. And also, it shows our humility in worshiping God. So, give thanks to God has two levels of meaning. One. It's your faith to God. Second, your worship to God. So today, what are the lessons that we have learned in serving God? Learned from Nehemiah in serving God. I will summarize it in four points. One, he prayed and trusted in God with patience. Second, he planned according to God's will. Third, he praised God. For his greatness, so I put these four pieces together: prayer, patience, planning, praise. These four pieces, these four words, actually, these four actions, go hand in hand to allow God working us for His greatness and glory. Lastly, how do we apply these things, these learnings, in our everyday life? I don't know if you have noticed that our church is is、uh, currently experiencing a revival in many areas. Both Chinese congregation and the English congregation, we are experiencing the revival. Look at the previous few weeks, the Sunday attendance. Both congregation all reached over one hundred. Sometimes we are 110 attendance. This is the summer time. Usually, in the, in the previous years, we see the decline, right? About probably 20 percent because people travel,、uh, families travel plans. But instead, this year, in the summer time, we see the increasing. And we have 100 people filled in this room. 100, 100, 110. Filled in this sanctuary before those traveling families return. Just imagine two months from now, how many people will be sitting in this congregation? Maybe 110, maybe 120. That's that pretty much saturates the sanctuary. Our seat capacity is 150. We already reached the 80 percent threshold. And this is only for adults. How about youth and、uh, children? And we see the growing, keep growing numbers in both ministries. And we are running out of the classrooms as well. So today, I want to bring your bring to your awareness: we are experiencing a revival. It's God's gracious hands 
it's upon us right now. Now the question is, how should we address these challenges? How should we address these challenges? Of course, begin with prayer. I encourage the Chinese congregation, every one of them, stop praying. Because in our weekly prayer meeting, we have started praying about two months ago. We see this, uh, this, this, this trend. It's coming. We still don't know what to do yet. All we have to do is just start praying. Ask God to give us the inspiration. And maybe this is the opportunity. We have to go, we have to take a different approaches. A week ago, we had a deacon meeting. We talked about some of the, the conventional thinkings. Maybe we knock down these walls. So we expanded the, in, um, the, the sanctuary space. We add more chairs. We can add chairs in the, in the hallways. We can add more services, right? These are the, that, that's what other churches are doing, right? I'm challenging the deacon group, that all the deacons and all of you and the Chinese congregation as well. Let's think outside the box. When I say think outside the box, if our church, this building is the box, can we think outside this church? Can we think something is non-convention? I don't have the answer yet. I think none of us has a solid answer at this point. All we have to do is pray. We need to keep praying. So I encourage, I encourage the English congregation, join the weekly meeting, and I, I would encourage the prayer, weekly prayer meeting, also add this to your prayer list. That's keep praying. I don't know how long this prayer list will go on. Maybe a month, two months, maybe a year, like what we did two years ago. But one thing that we are certain is the gracious hands of God is on us today. That seize this opportunity, like Nehemiah seized the opportunity in front of the king. Because it will not happen again. Amen? Amen. At the end, I would like to use what uh, William Carey said. Attempt great things for God. Ask great things of God. Ask great things of God. It's our prayer. Attempt great things for God. It's our planning. It's our action. So in this sentence, it includes two things, prayer, action. Prayer, planning, action. That's an attempt, great things for God. Ask great things of God. Let's pray. Dear God, dear God, we thank you. This is a precious time that you have given to us. This is a wonderful lifetime that, that you have shown, shown us your greatness, your wonderful, your almighty power. We know that your gracious hand is upon us. May your Holy Spirit fill in every one of us, inspire us, tell us what we need to do. Tell us what's needed and tell us what we need to do for the greatness of your kingdom, for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
as a worship team, worship teams leading the songs and the music. I'd like to ask all the congregation a different things today. Let's pray to God together. First of all, let's praise God. Second, let's confess our sins. Because so often we are so dull to God's calling. We are so lazy in responding to God's plan. Let's learn from those who have been faithful in serving God. We ask God to give us the desire and the power to serve Him. So I'm ask, asking everyone, while the worship team is playing the music, is singing, let's all pray to God. This is a time between God and myself and yourselves. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.